Buckle up, Buttercup. The Biz Women Rock podcast is about to begin. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. And I'm very excited that you're here because I have such an amazing show for you today. Really cool, awesome things for you to be able to take away from this show and go implement in your business, which is always my number one goal as I put these shows together. So um, just wanted to share a fun little experience that I had this week that I thought could be directly applicable to your life, your business, kind of where you are right now. So I'm not going to explain the entire context because that would be a 20-minute long conversation in and of itself, but let's just say that I was having a conversation uh, a couple of days ago with a good friend of mine, and I was explaining to her about sort of, uh, let's call it a couple of forks in the road that are happening in my business right now. Like, do I go this way? Do I go that way? And And I happened to tell her, well, you know, I've thought about this and -and so-and-so is doing this and -and so-and-so over here has this idea. It seems to be working really well and -and so-and-so is doing this and and I can just see, like I can see the next step for me being any one of these things, right? So I was sort of talking to her about where I was with that. And she said a lot of different things, but I'm just going to communicate to you the major core concept of what I took from her words, which was, Katie, stop looking at what everyone else's success is organized as and looks like and what they are doing and look inward and build from there and figure it out because you are so unique and doing something like no one else is doing. And I just want to take a second to thank her. She knows who she is (laughs) because I needed to hear that lesson. I am someone who, although I consider myself a leader very much so, I absolutely look to other people to kind of get some feedback. And I like to hear what other people have to say about either a concept that I'm thinking about or I like to look at what others are doing and sort of take what's already out there and tweak it for myself and This was just such a brilliant piece of wisdom that I want to impart on you because oftentimes, and I'm going to speak how this impacts me personally and kind of make the assumption that perhaps this is the same for you. So many times when I live in this space of looking at others and seeing what they're doing and wanting to learn from that and therefore go take a piece of that and go implement it for myself, there's a lot of great things about that. But what is not so great is that it leaves me in the space of feeling like I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it right or it's not really fitting, right? Like I'm trying to do everything exactly the same way that so-and-so said to do it and it's not working for me. And, um, and so uh, kind of jumping from person to person or concept to concept or strategy to strategy allows me to really get caught up in like this frustration of things not really working. And when my friend said, just look inward and just practice and go at it, take the step forward and have that momentum generated by what is internally true for you and your business and what your purpose is here. It just made so much sense and it it relieved me 
of needing to play into what those other equations of success, quote unquote, are so that I can discover my own or continue to discover my own. Because let's be honest, this is a continual process. So I wanted to share that with you because it really smacked me between the eyes when she said that to me this uh, a couple of days ago. And I wanted to share it because I, I want to encourage you to come along with this journey that I am going on right now and that we're constantly going on of going internal. So stop asking everyone for their opinion. Stop asking everyone to brainstorm. Stop asking everyone what they think about X, Y, or Z or why this is, is or is not working in your business. And just go by yourself for a little while. If you can take an hour away, great. If you can take a weekend away, that's awesome too. And just go rediscover and get in touch with what it is you're all about, what you're doing via your business, and what you really believe the next best step is. Because that's all that we can do. We can't we can't have this perfect plan. We just have to do the next best thing. And going internal and getting clear on what is the next best thing for you is how you become a trailblazer. So thanks again to my awesome friend, Bonnie, who gave me the exact wisdom that I needed to hear in the exact moment that I needed to hear it. You rock, girl. All right, let's get on with this show, man. Coming up on the show today, we have Jen Scalia, who's going to give us a deep dive case study about how to use challenges on social media to not only grow your list, but to get your folks engaged and of course, ultimately grow your business. Then we're going into productivity hacks. This is a new segment. And every single time we feature this segment, it'll be one, two, or three different little minute little suggestions from myself or fellow women of the Biz Women Rock community, little hacks that we do that might help you save time, energy, and money in your business. And finally, on our product review segment, we will be reviewing Canva. It's a graphic making tool that can come in very handy in all of your marketing. But of course, we must start our show with Biz Women on the Move. Our Biz Women on the Move segment is specifically designed to shine the light on the phenomenal women who are part of the Biz Women Rock community and share their successes with you. This week and for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be featuring the number one business lesson as shared by a handful of the women who are part of the Biz Women Rock community. I put the ask out within our Facebook group a couple of weeks ago, asked a few of the women to call in and share their number one lesson that they have learned in business. And these are women who've been in business a long time. So um, I am very honored that they've shared their wisdom here with the entire community. So here we go. Here are two different women explaining their number one lesson in business. Hi, Katie. This is Steph Roberts. My company name is stephanieroberts.com. The biggest or the best lesson that I've learned in business is to take that time to stop, slow down, and really get quiet and maybe pull out a notebook and listen to all those thoughts that are swimming around in your head and write them down because I feel like we have the instincts and we know what we should do and what the best thing is to do to focus on to move ourselves forward in the next 
week, 30 days, 90 days, whatever it is, to get us where we need to go. And especially in the online world, it's so easy to get distracted by other people's agendas. So to get sucked into that latest, greatest webinar, the course, whatever. And I, and I think that people talk about FOMO, fear of missing out, and, you know, um, bright, shiny object syndrome. Those are very real, and I think it's better to just acknowledge that and say, okay, I'm going to set aside one, two hours a month, whatever it is, to learn and participate in those things to move my business forward, if it makes sense. But the rest of that time, just know that every hour you give to a webinar, 90 minutes, whatever it is, you're taking that away from your own business, your own creation time, your own connection and networking and building sales and leads. So for me, I found myself getting really depressed because I didn't get that. So that's like the big light bulb that's gone off for me and it's made a world of difference. So now I'm able to create my own things. I'm launching another new podcast. I have two websites going up and I have a pretty thriving social media business right now. And I'm excited about it, and I would not have been able to make the progress and momentum without that critical piece in place. And I have more inner peace as well, so less confusion, less anxiety, and um, it's made a world of difference. Thanks for the great podcast. Hi, Katie. This is Marie Walden McGinnis from Smart Women's Network. I'm down here on Gold Coast, Australia. Um, just giving you a quick call. The best business lesson that I've ever really learned was number one, always go with your gut instinct. And with that as well, take time. You know, uh, nothing happens overnight, but it will happen, as they say. So yeah, they're my two, um, go hard hints and, um, they've carried me through, you know, over 35 years of business. So there you go. Thanks, Katie. Bye. Marie, Stephanie, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Jen Scalia is a visibility strategist for entrepreneurs who want to make an impact. This self-professed introvert and single mom went from rock bottom to creating a multi-six-figure business. And she's on track to hit a seven-figure business this year. She's known for her tough love, no BS style, and she helps entrepreneurs overhaul their biggest fears and empowers them to share their messages with the world. During this segment of Biz Women Rock case studies, Jen dives into using challenges to not only build your list, but to get your people engaged and to use a challenge for a purpose to grow your business. And she digs in deep and gives us some very great stuff. This information is so freaking awesome that I guarantee you will be jumping out of your skin to start your own challenge as soon as you're done listening. So let's go. All right, Jen, what is going on? My girl, thank you so much for being here. Hey, Katie, what's going on? I'm happy to be here and excited to dive in today. Ooh, this is a deep dive case study. I'm so excited. Okay, so um, when Esther Kish, who had uh, introduced me to you, said, okay, Katie, A, this girl's got this massive, amazing business story, but 
in addition to that, this one particular thing that she is amazing at and tends to be really, really good at, you need to talk to her about this. And she said she does a lot of challenges, a lot of online contests and things like that to get people moving. And I was immediately intrigued. So tell me a little bit about how you started getting and utilizing challenges on social media and then give us a brief kind of definition of what that is. Awesome. Yeah. So I actually started using challenges uh, about two and a half years ago. The beginning of 2014 is when I started using challenges. And and I got the idea, actually, because I participated in something. It wasn't really a, a challenge per se, but it sparked the idea to do an event, kind of like an online event where I would have people do something every single day. So it would be, you know, a 10 day event or a 21 day event or a 30 day event where each day I was giving them a prompt and they actually had to do an action. Um, so I participated in something that was about, I believe it was about manifesting or something like personal. And I was like, that would be really great for business because in doing it for myself, I felt that I was taking a lot of action and I was actually getting stuff done and I was committed to the process. So I started to play around with it in business and I ran my first challenge in, I believe it was February of 2014 and I ran a 21 day challenge and I got so much amazing feedback from people that I just continued doing it. Um, up until today, I've probably run over 20 challenges. Wow. And um, they're just amazing. I know we're going to dive into like, you know, more about how how I run them and, yeah. and how you can use them in your business. But it's just really a great way to connect with your audience. That's different than just running a webinar or sending an email or running an ad. You know, it's a real way to connect with your people and have them actually do something. Now, give us kind of a bare bones definition of what constitutes a challenge, because I mean, is this only activated on social media? Are you is it done via emails as well? Like what what makes it a challenge? Yeah. So what makes it a challenge is the fact that each day they are receiving an actual action step or they're actually receiving a prompt. So the way that I do it is I do have people sign up for my list because obviously I want to still grow my list. I don't just want to do it solely on social media or I'm kind of going to miss the mark there. Um, So what I do is I have them sign up for um, the challenge. So they would, you know, just like they're signing up for a webinar, just like they're signing up for a freebie or something, they would sign up, give me their name and email address. We have a set time that it's going to start and a set day that it's going to end. So it would be, you know, Monday through Friday of next week, we're going to run a five day challenge. Um, They would get the email Um, on that day, they would get an email every day, but the prompt would be for them to actually share what they do and share their action step on social media. Gotcha. Okay. So give me an example. Give me, give me an example, like an actual case study of one that you did. So everyone listening can sort of hear like a real world. Okay. How does this actually work? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, favorite ones I did was called, um, gutsy girls make green. Um, and it was all about, (laughs) um, it was a visibility challenge. So it was all about really like overcoming your fears and just putting yourself out there in social media, telling people what you do, um, you know, sharing your business stories and things like that and and getting comfortable with it. Cause I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable with it. Even if they have business savvy, even if they're really smart, there's a lot of fears and things that come up for 
people when we have to be in the spotlight, um, especially online or on social media. So um, this one was called uh, Gutsy Girls Make Green. And we actually had a hashtag, um, which is also really important when you're sharing on social media. You want to have um, something, a structure where other people are going to start talking about it. They're going to be like, well, what's Gutsy Girls? I want to know what that is, you know? So our hashtag was Gutsy Girls. And um, each day I had them do a prompt. So this particular one was actually a video challenge. So each day I actually had them, you know, for example, day one was for them to actually um, just tell people what they do, make a two minute video that introduced themselves, their business and told people what they did. Um, Another day they actually had to talk about the top 10 reasons why someone should work with them. Um, so it kind of went on like that um, for, I believe that one was a seven day challenge. And I actually also had a little dance party in there. <laughs> that was actually one of the challenges. Oh, no, you did, um, girl. You yeah, had them dance on video and put that out. <laughs> I did. I did. They got extra points if they actually put that out. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that one, I mean, it was that one. It was crazy. I mean, I had like two of my staff members like trying to keep track of all of the posts we had, I believe it was like over 500 people, um, 500 posts throughout the week. Um, and we had, you know, like over a hundred videos that were put out. Um, it was just really, really great to like get the active, get the involved. Like everyone was just like, who's Jen, what's Jen doing? What's going on? So it was just a great way to get my business out there without me actually promoting myself. Other people were promoting my business. I love that. Okay. So I'm going to use that as the case study to dive into because I have 8,000 questions for (laughs) that. So the first question is, is how were you marketing to get people to sign up for the challenge in the first place? Were you marketing to your current list? Were you just putting it out on social media? Like were, were you kind of putting it everywhere? Were you doing Facebook ads? How did you get people to actually sign up in the first place? All of the above. So whenever I promote a challenge, I promote it everywhere because I really feel that the more people that are active and engaged in challenge, the better it's going to be. So um, I'll promote it to my list. I'll send something out to my list and say, hey, we're running another free challenge. Sign up here or click here and you'll be put on the list. I'll promote it on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram's a really great place to promote challenges. Um, And of course, my Facebook group. I have a private Facebook group with 9,000 people in it. Um, And then we did a little bit of Facebook ads. But actually, what I noticed is that um, the more organic um, reach was actually better for, for me because they knew you already, they had some yeah. sort of interaction with you. So they were more likely to be willing to dance for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So during the actual challenge, what were you doing? Like, how were you sort of putting fuel on the fire of people doing this? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I love to do when I run a challenge is actually participate myself. Um, I think it really gives people, you know, uh, permission to do it, you know, like instead of me just standing at the front of the room saying, Hey, go do this. You know, I would say something like, here's my video, you know, to kind of give them some ideas, um, make them feel a little bit more comfortable about putting themselves out there. So in addition to me doing the actual prompts and the actual actions, um, I also like highly interact. So I, when people would comment with the hashtag, I would go in, I would like everybody's posts, I would comment on the posts. So really high engagement and interaction during the challenge. Love it. Such a great idea. Now, how you mentioned that, you know, your team was sort of keeping track of how many posts were going on. 
what tools, if any, or what process did you have behind the scenes being able to keep track of everything? And and I guess that bears the question, is there a quote unquote winner of this challenge or like, how are you keeping track of what's actually going on? Yes. Yeah, so uh, this, I don't do this for all of my challenges, but this particular challenge um, was also a contest. So whoever participated the most um, actually won a spot into my new program. So wow. Um, it was also part of my launch, which we can dive into in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and essentially what it was, was with each action, I would say, if you complete this action, you get five points. Um, if you share this outside of my group, if you share it on Pinterest, if you share it on Instagram, if you share it in somebody else's group, if you share it on your Facebook page, you get two additional points for everywhere you share outside of my group. Wow. So that's where the viralness kind of came in because people were like, they wanted to win. Yeah. So they were sharing it everywhere. And um, yeah, I mean, we just used the good old Google documents and we had spreadsheet where we had everybody's name on there and, you know, based on the hashtag, like they had to put the hashtag. Right, Otherwise, right. we wouldn't know, you know, if they did it or not. So if they didn't use the hashtag, then obviously their submission didn't count. So I would just have my my girls go in there every day and search the hashtag and we would just have the points. We would just mark off all the points. How cool. Now, did you do anything special for the winner? Like I, I know that you just said that they got like a free, you know, they got a complimentary entrance into your coaching program. But like, did you do anything uh, visible? Like, did you share anything about that winner? Like, what did you do to have this be like, hey, this person won and here's how we're sharing it? Yeah, no, I didn't do anything like that for this one. I, I do something like that for my uh, my group now where I have like a member of the week and I highlight them. But for that particular challenge, I didn't do that. They just want a spot into the course. I believe it was a $1,500 course. Wow. Gosh, so that's a, that pays to be able to participate in that then, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, so tell us what tools or platforms or um, software are you using behind the scenes to manage all this? I know you just talked about sort of how you managed keeping the statistics of everything, but what about the setup? Like, what are you using to set all of this stuff up? Yeah, I mean, it's super easy and anybody can do it. If you have an email service provider, whether it's MailChimp or all the way up to Infusionsoft, basically what we did is we just set up an automated uh, email campaign. So mm -hmm. I had all each day written out, all, you know, in advance and my team just set it up. So as soon as day one went out, people started participating. Next day, day two automatically went out. So that's really all you need. I love that. Okay, so now let's talk about the results. Yeah. Um, what kind of results did you see from this particular challenge? And and I want to I want to ask this in the larger sense of I I want to make the assumption that you are of the belief system that there you need to have a purpose for your challenge. You need to not just do it for the sake of doing it. Although you can just to kind of play around, but at the end of the day, you want this challenge to to really be targeted and to do something and to and to have a place in your business process. So talk a little bit about the results that you had from this and then maybe talk on a grander scale about how someone who's listening can implement it tied into something that they have coming up or or yeah. a program that they already have or whatever or a product that they already have. Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned earlier, I did do it as part of my launch. So instead of doing a webinar, like most people do, they'll do a webinar. And then at the end, they pitch their product, people buy the product that the challenge was like my webinar. Um, and I actually used the challenge to promote 
the course um, and people knew it because obviously one of the prizes was a spot in the course. So they knew it was kind of coming up. They knew I had something exciting to share Um, about halfway through the challenge is when I actually let people know, hey, in a couple of days, I'm going to be opening the doors for this XYZ program. And, you know, you guys are going to be invited. So, you know, kind of just seating them and and letting them know like something amazing is coming. Um, So I definitely used it as part of my launch. And through that process, um, I believe the numbers uh, that we had as far as participants, we had 660 people sign up. Um, Obviously, not that many people participate. So this is a note that I just want to um, say to everybody that's listening is you're not going to get all those people to participate. Right, period. Right. So people are going to sign up and then they forget about it or they get busy or they just don't participate or maybe they just want to see what it's about or maybe they're participating on their own and they're just, you know, nervous to actually share. Right. Um, but, you know, I would say um, according to our spreadsheet that we had about almost 200 people were active wow. uh, after the first couple of days, a bunch of people dropped off. Right. So if you're going to run a challenge, just don't be discouraged by that um, and really focus on the people who are active and engaged because those are the prime people. Those are your really hot leads. Um, So don't worry about the people that don't participate, you know, focus on the people that are participating, even if you feel like the number's smaller, obviously, than, you know, the amount of people that signed up. Right. Well, and then the plus side is that you do, you are still getting those 660 people on your email list. And so you do have a way to continue communication with them for the future. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I always do it. You know, they have to sign up. They have to sign up to get the emails. Uh, So um, that particular um, launch, actually, I ended up making about $60,000 with that launch. Wow. And that was by X amount of people purchasing that $1,500 course, right? Yes. And not only that, but I always find that when I run a challenge, because I'm so active and engaged and and people are just excited and they start to really like me and they want to work with me. It's inevitable that every time I run a challenge, I always get one-on-one clients, always, wow. because there's people that don't want a group course, right? right or right. they don't want to do a course, they just want to go right to the source. Um, so I was also in that time able to take on, I believe it was like three new clients that I got within that period of time as well. Wow. Now, Jen, I mean, you're a visibility coach, you're sort of the like, no BS, you're going to tell people what they need to do to sort of get out there and become known for who they are in their space. Um, you know, for, for using this challenge group, I mean, you have to put yourself out there, right? You mm-hmm. have to, you have to make sure that you're comfortable sending emails to your, to your email list. You have to make sure that you're comfortable, like being in front of a camera and getting to know and, and putting your face out there and all that sort of stuff. What would you say to somebody who wants to use this, but they're a little, they're a little shy about really putting themselves out there. Is there, is there sort of a middle ground where they can start and still kind of put their toe in the water? Yeah, I think, you know, it's all about baby steps. When I first started my business, I was scared to death of video. (laughs) You wouldn't catch me like on a video at all um, three years ago. Uh, But today now I'm more confident I'm able to do it. So start with the baby steps and you don't always have to do a a video. So obviously, you know, being a visibility challenge, um, video was an important part of this particular challenge. But when I first started, it was just an email challenge. Um, So they would just get an email. They would participate either, you know, whatever platform. Um, When I first started, 
Uh, I used Instagram a lot. So people would just post an image on Instagram and then use the hashtag. Um, But once I developed my Facebook group, now I brought people over to my Facebook group and they would just participate in there. So it's not like, I mean, you would still have to show up as far as, you know, sending the emails and and promoting the challenge, but you don't actually have to physically put yourself on video um, or on display if you're nervous about that. So start small. Once you start to really see how people interact and how much they love participating in the challenges, it's going to really get you excited and and make you want to kind of push more. Another thing is make it short. Um, So one of my first challenges was 21 days. And since then, I have not done a 21 day challenge because what I discovered is about halfway through, pretty much everybody dropped off. (laughs) You know, um, and you know, you can obviously That's a long tell, time. At, yeah, when you look at your email open rates, like you can totally tell, like, you know, I was getting like 80% open rates on my emails, like the first three days, and then it went down to like 60. And then it went down <laughs> to like 40. And, you know, so um, make it short and punchy. So five to seven days, I feel like is a real sweet spot. Um, mm. Because it's like, it's just within a week, right? And people can come in and they can do it. And then it's done, right? It's not like, you know, 30 days or 14 days or 100 days, you know, because people will drop off. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing when you're running a challenge is make sure that they actually get a result. That's how they're going to end up purchasing your product. If you have a seven day random challenge where they're just posting pictures or doing gratitude or, you know, something that isn't actually getting them a result, they're likely not going to buy the product. So, what you want to do is actually make sure that they get a result at the end of the challenge. So make sure that the structure is set up to, to where, you know, you, you know that they're going to see results at the end of it. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Now you mentioned this before about, you, you sort of talked about like, you know, where people are doing the challenge that it's you know, been effective on Instagram, on Facebook. Is there a particular platform that lends itself best for challenges or, or maybe there's just a different strategy for, or different ways that you do it for each type of platform. Can you talk about each of those platforms a little bit? Yeah. So I think it would really be based on your industry. So if you are, you know, in health and wellness, then you probably um, are will do better on Instagram because it's going to be more of a um, visual thing. Right, you know, right. if you're doing like a smoothie challenge or you're doing, you know, a squat challenge or something like that, um, Instagram, I feel like would probably a, be a better place for you. Um, the reason why I love Facebook, though, is because you can actually interact. So right. it's not a one way thing. You know, if somebody posts their their question or they post their action step or they post their video, you can go in there and start interacting with that person. Now you've opened up another line of communication um, and it's a two way thing. So that's why I prefer Facebook. And if you don't already have a Facebook group, hosting a challenge is a perfect way to start one. You can actually just say, Hey, you know, all of the fun's going to happen over in the Facebook group. And, you know, as you're getting people a on your email list, mm-hmm. um, B to participate in something with you and then C into a Facebook group. Now you have all these different points of connection, um, where you can get them, you know, eventually to buy a product from you Love or it. just be a really raving fan. Now I do want to ask the question that probably everyone's thinking that, uh, you know, I just, I'm going to go ahead and say, which is. Okay, what has been the crap part of this? I mean, like, what, <laughs> what, what, what's kind of a stumbling block that you've had and maybe you overcame or, you know, something kind of flew in the face that you didn't know that was going to be there? But, like, what's one of the negative things that you've experienced from this? And is it 
something that you just have to accept as part of this challenge concept? Or is it something that you were able to learn in the moment and sort of learn from and, you know, evolve from? You know, honestly, if I think about it, like there really isn't anything that I don't like about it. Um, if anything, I would have to say, you know, it does take time. Like you're going to have yeah. to figure it out and uh, have all the challenges written out before you start the challenge, you know, just so that you have the structure. So it does take a little bit of work on the front end. And then if you do get a lot of people in, then obviously it's going to take work on the back end as well right. to be able to uh, connect with everybody, like everybody's comments, you know, things like that. Um, so definitely make sure that you have support around you um, if you're going to go big with it. You know, if you're going to have a challenge with, you know, just 50 people or 100 people, it might be easier to maintain. But if you're going into like the multiple hundreds or thousands of people, um, you're definitely going to need support to like keep track because you don't want people to feel like they're missing out on something. So right. if they post, they want interaction. They want you to like their posts. They want you to comment. Um, if they have a question, they are going to want you to answer their questions. So just make sure that, you know, however big that you're going to do it, make sure that you have the support in order to, to make sure that it gets done properly and that people feel fully supported during the challenge. Love, love it. Oh my gosh, Jen, you have given us so much good information here. I highly encourage that you guys go out, try doing your own challenge and see how it works. Take the little baby steps that Jen talked about and definitely go to jenscalia.com because I was there earlier kind of doing some research on Jen. And I got to tell you, Jen, like, you know, your stuff, like just how you've set everything up. I got on your email list because I just want to see how you do things. Like I am, I am like activated going, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. So if you want great ideas, if you want to know how to be more visible out there and how to be known as the person in your industry or in your niche, first and foremost, absolutely go opt in at jenscalia.com. Um, and if you want to learn more about challenge groups, I mean, just you will get that information once you get on her email list, but definitely connect with Jen. She is a wealth of information. Jen, thank you so much for going into this case study with us about challenges. I really appreciate it. Awesome. It was so much fun. Make sure to connect with Jen at jenscalia.com. That's J-E-N-N-S-C-A-L-I-A.com where you can go sign up, get on our email list because you want to check out what this girl is doing. Go become part of her Facebook group. Just follow her along and start implementing the things that she has to say. You definitely want to check out the little black business book that she has going on. That is her membership organization full of information about how you can get yourself more visible. And assuming that you were just as inspired to do your own challenge like I was, let me know about it. Make sure to let me know. You can either email me at katie at bizwomenrock.com or just shout it out to me on Facebook and let me know that you had your own challenge because of the information that Jen shared here today. And let me know how it went. Let me know what you did, what you learned from it, all the great things that happened, okay? I would love to know. And that wraps up our Biz Women Rock case study. <laughs> It's time for Productivity Hacks. Today's segment is brought to you by Synergistic Funding, your source for anything you need to finance your business. I'm here with Kaor Patel and Naeem Hamdar of Synergistic Funding. Kaor, tell the women listening what is a cool tip that they must know if they're looking to get outside funding for their business. 
Hey, Katie, I think one of the most crucial elements when looking for seeking funding is separating personal expenses from the business expenses. Can't tell you how many, pretty much on a daily basis, when we're analyzing some of the bank statements, we see personal expenses that are being funneled through the business, and that hurts the ability from a cash flow perspective to obtain additional funds. So you need to itemize those out, transfer them to your personal account, and then you know use your funds how you want. But when it comes to funding, make sure you definitely separate personal from business expenses. Awesome. To find out more, you can go to SynergisticFunding.com. Since this is a productivity hack segment, it's going to be quick and efficient. Are you ready? <laughs> productivity hack tip number one. Write all of your emails within a Google Doc, complete with all the formatting that you need. The subject headers, um, different color schemes if you need them, adding photos, adding links. Then take that one, all the copy from that one email in that document in your Google Doc, copy it, go put it into your email server. Copy it, go put it onto your blog. Uh, copy it, go, you know, may, put it, submit it as an article somewhere. Just use that, the content that you create in one place once and go put it everywhere that you need. And for the most part, every time that I do this, there is either no or very little reformatting that I need to do because I've already formatted everything the way it needs to be within the Google Doc. So there you go. Hey, this is Hillary Hendershot. I am the founder and president of Hillary Hendershot Financial. I'm the host of the Profit Boss radio podcast. And what I do is I uh, support women to secure their financial futures. I'm a wealth coach and a financial advisor. My productivity hack is the way that I use Trello. If you don't know what Trello is, it is a task management system, and you can get it in its base form for free. It's a web app and also a mobile app, which is key for me. It's super cool because it has lists that you can organize of tasks. Uh, you can organize them on boards and then lists, and then each task gets a card, so you get that super satisfying feeling when you complete a task of putting that task away, archiving it, and um, knowing that you are being productive. So the thing that I do with the mobile app is I have cleared a space at the bottom of my home screen where the contact and email uh, normally is and put it right there. And I moved my social media apps to their own little um, area. And then I just force myself to open that Trello app and check in on today's tasks. Uh, you know, it requires staying organized and knowing what it is that I need to do today. But I, I, I check out my Trello task list each time before I log into social media, and that way, my productivity stuff stays top of mind. And I am I'm always 100% focused on getting what's on my today board done, done, done before I let myself get interrupted. So I hope that helps and helps you stay productive. <laughs> Today's product review is brought to you by Facebook Groups Rock. If you are tired of your Facebook page not getting any action and not getting seen by everyone, then make sure you start a Facebook group where everyone who says that they're interested in you and your brand will see everything that you're doing and they can connect with all the other members who are in your group. Start your own Facebook group today. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash Facebook groups rock. 
Today in our product review, we're talking about Canva. Canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com, is a graphic making tool that anyone can utilize so that you can create graphics of your own. So as much as I advocate for hiring professionals for super professional work that needs to get done, I have a graphics guy. Um, Being able to create graphics on a moment's notice for anything that you need, especially for social media needs, Canva is amazing. There are other tools that are very similar to Canva, but I have used Canva exclusively for the past year and a half for Biz Women Rock, and I have loved it. So here's why I love it. Number one, there are templates that are already pre-made for you, meaning if you need to create a banner graphic for your Facebook page, there's already a template that Canva has that has already created what the dimensions are. It actually shows where the you know, photo of the individual person would be in the bottom left-hand corner. If you need to create a blog post graphic, there's already a template there that has the size created for you. So it already has templates, which is great. The second thing that it has is it has uh, visuals already created. So there are actually a lot of free kind of pre-made graphics already that you could just take and use and sort of plug in your own information. If you find the graphic that you really want and it's not in the free version, but it costs a dollar, I mean, you're spending a dollar. That's it. It's awesome. Overall, Canva is tremendous because it gives you an easy way to create graphics for yourself. And there are so many ways that you can use what you create in there. For example, I have used it to create uh, Facebook group banners. I love changing those up. I have used it to create Facebook page banner graphics. I've used it to create graphics that I want to put on a t-shirt. I've used it to create graphics that I want for a specific blog post. I've used it for the graphics for specific episodes. This episode graphic was created in Canva. So there's a lot of different things that you can use it for. So I highly encourage you to go to canva.com and go check them out. You can use it for free. Really, you don't pay unless you want access to certain templates um, that are a dollar a piece. So go check it out, canva.com. All right, that wraps up our show for today. Thank you so much for being here, for spending your time here, for taking the time to proactively work on yourself as a smart businesswoman. Oh, I love that. If you want to connect with other smart businesswomen, make sure you're a part of our private Facebook group. All you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com, go opt in, and you're going to get the personal invite for me to come and join our group, okay? All right, have an awesome week. 